A Trump supporter is shot to death in Portland while the media and Democrats blame Trump. Wisconsin officials beg President Trump not to visit, and members of the left continue to defend looting and rioting. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Why haven't you gotten a VPN yet? Visit expressvpn.com slash Ben. Well, every weekend, I beg you, please stop burning down the country, and no one apparently takes me up on it. And frankly, I'm getting a little irritated with the situation. It feels like probably you should take me up on it. I mean, like, what's so difficult about this? Stop burning down the country. Of course, I'm mostly addressing myself at this point to very specific groups of people. When we talk about people who are burning down the country, I am not talking about all the people that the media are talking about, because the people the media are talking about are not the ones who are actually burning down the country right now. The people who are burning down the country in Portland, the people who are doing it in Seattle, the people who have been doing it in places like Chicago and Washington, D.C. and Los Angeles and New York in Kenosha. Those people are not white nationalists. They are not. Okay, white nationalists are evil. They are terrible. They are the worst people on planet Earth. They are awful. I've been their chief target many, many times. So believe you me, when I say that these are the worst people on Earth, I mean it. Okay, literally, I've had white nationalists arrested by the FBI for targeting me and my family. So this is not about the white nationalists. This is about the fact that for months on end, the media have been soft peddling and pretending that Antifa and Black Lives Matter, rioters and looters, doesn't mean everybody who's gone to a BLM protest is a rioter or a looter, but there are many members of BLM who are in fact rioters and looters, have been let off the hook by the media for the vast amounts of violence they've been doing in American cities, and this has been going on for months on end. If there were a Tea Party rally that once broke out into violence the way the BLM marches seem to continue to do regularly, if there were a right-wing agitating group that glommed on to any sort of conservative protest and then went and did violence against the police officers, the media would immediately lump everybody together and they would say that this is the outgrowth of a right-wing movement. But as soon as it is left-wing or a cause the media agrees with, then suddenly it disappears. It just does It's not happening at all. It's like, it really isn't. Apparently, it's all a figment of your imagination. Now, you may be watching the goings-on across the country and you may be thinking to yourself, wait a second, hasn't this stuff been going on for a while? Like, haven't we seen riots in L.A. like the first week of, of the Black Lives Matter protests? Didn't we see riots in Los Angeles in which they had to curfew the entire county of Los Angeles at 7 p.m. every night, like for a week? Yes, that did happen. It's not a figment of your imagination. Didn't they have to do some similar stuff in New York and Washington, D.C.? Didn't we see people running roughshod through these cities? Haven't we seen Portland burning for months on end? Didn't we see an entire fake republic set up in Seattle with the quasi-approval of the city government? And then two people got shot there and died there. Didn't we see that? Haven't we seen, in, in essence, about three dozen people who have died connected with these various riots and looting sprees? Haven't we seen that? Haven't we seen an enormous number of injury, billions in property damage? Haven't we seen all that? Well, according to the media, none of it happened. It's all Trump's fault. So really, the, the only thing that's happening here is that President Trump is a very bad man. And the only reason that people become violent if there's a cause they that the media love, the only reason people become violent is because Trump is agitating them or the right is agitating them or it's white nationalist outsiders who are agitating them or something like that. The problem is that is a square peg in a round hole. There are times when the people to blame are white nationalists. In fact, the vast majority of violent attacks in the United States for the first six months of, the, of 2020 were in fact white nationalist attacks. Okay, but then it turns out that when it came to the burning of American cities, which began in May and June, it turns out that that is not the white nationalist. And it's sort of important to determine who is doing what kind of violence, because if you actually want to call people out, you have to call people out for the specific things that they do. As we'll see, this is an extraordinarily important point. 
Because right now, what the media are trying to do is retcon this whole thing. What they're trying to do is basically what the Democratic Party did with Ilhan Omar. So Ilhan Omar is a radical anti-Semitic member of the Democratic Party caucus. She's a well-respected anti-Semitic member because she appears on the cover of Rolling Stone with Nancy Pelosi, and she does tours with Nancy Pelosi, and Nancy Pelosi endorses her for re-election, despite the fact that she openly hates Jews. Hey, Ilhan Omar was originally going to be condemned. She was going to be censured by the House. And Democrats, because they didn't want to fracture their coalition and they were afraid of Ilhan Omar and the squad, they decided to water it down and instead condemn bad language of any sort all across the board. Now, I'm old enough to remember when Donald Trump did something similar with Charlottesville. Do you remember this? Okay, to set up the predicate for what we're about to talk about here, it's important to remember what exactly happened with regard to what President Trump said at Charlottesville and why people got so mad originally. So you remember there was this white nationalist march in Charlottesville, and it broke into violence because they started having clashes with Antifa members. And then a member of the white nationalists drove a car into a group of anti-white nationalist protesters in Charlottesville. And the president spoke that day, and he specifically did not call out the alt-right or the white nationalists, right? In the, in the first iteration, he didn't call them out so much, right? In the first iteration, he sort of said, there was violence on many sides, on many sides. This is the first iteration. There were several different iterations of what the president said here. Then he condemned the white nationalists. He did, in fact, condemn the white nationalists over the weekend. And then he suggested, I'm not talking about the good, when I say they're good people, I don't, I'm not talking about the white nationalists or anything like that. I'm specifically talking about something different. I'm talking about people who are marching. And it turns out that the people who are marching, in some cases, were, that, that there were no good people who were marching that night. Okay, bottom line is this. The specific comments that, that President Trump made that got him in all sorts of hot water was that he suggested many people, many people, right? This is the direct quote from Trump on Charlottesville. This is the original one that got him in, in real trouble. This is Friday night, right? He said, quote, we condemn in the strongest possible terms, this egregious display of hatred, bigotry, and violence on many sides, on many sides. And everybody wait, 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 wait hold up on many sides. There's a white nationalist march in Charlottesville. And then it broke into violence and a member of that group ended up killing somebody on Saturday morning. And you're saying on many sides? Like, why can't you just name the bad guys? Go back. I did an entire rageful podcast on this, that the president had a specific duty to call out the people who are actually responsible for the violence, that he had a specific duty. Yes, he could call out Antifa for being violent because they were, in fact, violent and are, in fact, violent. And they've been violent for years. But the people who were the specific instigators in Charlottesville were the alt-right and the white nationalists, and he had a specific duty not to create a moral equivalency there. He got all sorts of flack for this. Well, now the media are attempting to do exactly what they condemned President Trump for in Charlottesville. It's truly amazing. I mean, it really is amazing. They are so unbelievably dishonest because if you assume that that was a matter of principle for members of the media and the Democratic Party, that they just didn't like that, that President Trump wasn't calling out specifically the bad guys, Right, and, that he was, and that he was drawing a moral equivalence where he's being deliberately vague in order to provide cover. Today, the entire Democratic Party and the media infrastructure are attempting to conflate what is happening in America's major cities and pretend that everybody is equally responsible for what's happening in America's major cities. That when you're watching Chicago loops, the, the Chicago loop booted, when we're watching Melrose Avenue burn, when we are watching Kenosha burn, when we are watching Washington, D.C. get looted, when we're watching an increase in massive levels of crime in New York City due to the defund the police movement. When we were watching all this stuff, that's just kind of everybody's responsibility. It's sort of out there in the wind. And the reason the media are doing this is because if they acknowledge that this is a left-wing movement that is burning America's major cities and that for months, 
They did nothing about it. For months, in fact, they poo-pooed it and said it wasn't happening and told you that rioting and looting were a figment of your imagination. These were all just peaceful protesters. And that when President Trump talked about using federal force in order to quell the protesters or when Tom to quell the rioters and the looters, not the protesters. And when Tom Cotton, the senator from Arkansas, talked about using the Insurrection Act to quell rioting and looting, that really they were cracking down on protesters. And the media kept conflating the two for purposes of suggesting that these were all nonviolent, wonderful people. It was all a figment of your imagination. And then it turns out the American people are not, in fact, as stupid as advertised and have eyeballs in their heads and prefrontal cortexes at the front of their brains. That the media flipped on this immediately. And now it became everybody's issue. Now it's Trump's fault. Now it's white nationalists, right? For, for, for literally months at this point, the city's been burning. And it's all the white nationalists. Weird, isn't it? Weird. Or at least if it's not all the white nationalists, at least they're equally responsible, aren't they? Now, this is just not true. It's just not factually accurate. In the same way that it was not factually accurate for the president of the United States in Charlottesville to claim equal responsibility between the white supremacists and the white nationalists and the Antifa members, it is not, it is not even, it's significantly less accurate, actually, for the media to suggest that what's been going on in America's major cities is generally the result of either Trump or the white nationalists. That's, in fact, that's insane. That's totally crazy. Okay, but the media are pushing that agenda because, again, the real agenda is not about the white nationalists or Trump. It's about downplaying the responsibility of Democrats and the media for tutting, for tutting, patting on the head, and in some cases, actively encouraging the violence that's been going on in America's major cities. So that is the backdrop to what happened this weekend. This stuff has not been happening in a vacuum. The media have been pushing it. Many Democrats, ranging from Ayanna Presley to Maxine Waters, have been pushing this kind of activity for a very long time here. And people like Joe Biden have not been standing up strong and saying, these movements that we largely identify with need to stop the violence. They have not been naming and shaming. Instead, they've been deliberately vague because they are afraid of fracturing the coalition. President Trump got badgered over and over and over after his original many sides statement to Charlottesville. On many sides, on many sides. He got badgered over and over. Will you condemn the white nationalists? Will you condemn the alt-right? Will you do that? And he was right to be badgered about that. Okay, you're allowed to badger people to condemn bad people. Will one member of the mainstream media specifically ask Joe Biden to call out Antifa by name? Will one member of the mainstream media specifically ask him to call out BLM rioters and looters by name, the Black Lives Matter rioters and looters by name? Will one? I don't think so. Do you? I would be shocked if they do. And if they, had, and if they do, and Joe Biden does the moral equivalence routine, if Joe Biden pretends that everybody bears equal responsibility for this, isn't he providing cover in the same way that they accuse Trump of providing cover to the alt-right in Charlottesville? Remember, that was such an egregious situation, according to the media and according to Joe Biden. Trump's Charlottesville comments were literally the reason he supposedly launched his 2020 campaign. Now, of course, that was a lie. Joe Biden's run for president every presidential election since 1873, 1872. But the, but the fact is that that was Joe Biden's stated rationale, right? He said, Charlottesville, those comments were so egregious, so morally bereft, so soulless that I had to jump into the race. OK, so then Joe Biden, doesn't that mean that if you want to restore America's soul, as you suggest you're going to, you need to call out by name the people who are burning America's major cities? And shooting people shouldn't, and by, the, and by the way, shouldn't you stop lying about the people on the other side? Because in some cases, in many of these cases, they are not white nationalists. When, after Kyle Rittenhouse, this, this 17-year-old man, young man, shot three people in Kenosha, Wisconsin, the media immediately ran with the narrative. Many on Twitter immediately ran with the narrative who's white nationalist. I've yet to see one shred of evidence that Kyle Rittenhouse is white nationalist. And yet, as you will see, Joe Biden is running with that narrative today. As we will see, there was a shooting in Portland over the weekend. A pro-Trump man was killed. 
And they're running with the narrative that the guy was naturally a white nationalist because he was there and he was pro-Trump. Okay, this is insanity. We'll get to more of this in just one second. First, let us talk about the fact that with the current heat wave in Los Angeles, the last thing you want to be doing is waiting around in the parking lot, in your car, waiting for your car to be out of the shop or standing in the parking lot in a giant line waiting for your car part to be delivered to you. You don't need to be at one of these AutoZone type stores, in other words. And what you do need is the internet. RockAuto.com. It's much easier than going to one of these stores. You have to wait outside in line with the social distancing and everything. Instead, you should just go online and get the part that you need. Number one, you're going to save time. Number two, you're going to save money. Number three, you're not going to be upcharged based on exactly what the, the big parts shop wants to charge you. Also, you're not going to have to wait because, I mean, the fact is that they'll probably order it online anyway, and then they'll upcharge you for the service. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. Why well, spend up to twice as much for the same exact parts? RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? The RockAuto.com catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate, and quickly see all the parts available for your car or truck right now, and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to RockAuto.com right now, see all the parts available for your vehicle. Write Shapiro in there, how did you hear about us box? And they will know that we sent you. Again, save yourself some time, save yourself some money. Okay, so this brings us to the actual news. Okay, so over the weekend, there was a big confrontation. Portland, of course, has been completely overrun by Antifa members and Black Lives Matter rioters and looters in the evenings. And you'll recall that the Trump administration sent in federal forces in order to protect federal property. And they were ripped up and down as fascists by the media, by the Democrats. How dare they? Remember, they, they were just lying. They were saying that that the the feds were sending unmarked vans to simply arrest people for no apparent reason and then beat the hell out of them. And all of a sudden, it was, it was not that, that wasn't true. Okay, they were literally authorized by federal law to protect federal property from rioters and looters. And yes, they could exit federal property in order to go after perps. Okay, so in any case, the idea was that and the media ran with the narrative that the violence in Portland was then a result of the feds being there, which, of course, was not true because the feds had only arrived in the last seven minutes and the riots had been going on for a running total of three months at this point. And Mayor Ted Wheeler, the mayor of Portland, has allowed that to go on. And Kate Brown, the governor of Oregon, has allowed that to go on because she refuses to call in the National Guard. And so the, the Antifa members and the BLM rioters and looters, and I keep saying BLM rioters and looters because, again, I don't think that everybody who has marched with BLM is a rioter and a looter. Of course, that is obviously untrue. There are millions of people who have marched with BLM I think many of them don't actually understand the, or, the agenda of the Black Lives Matter organization. And many of them have been tricked by the media into believing that the generalized narrative of American systemic racism is, is both true and also allows them to dissociate from America's evil and make themselves feel morally superior to the rest of America. But in any case, that distinction is worthwhile. But many of the rioters and looters are, in fact, BLM associated. And that is just a fact. These are not Republican voters. They're not white nationalists. They are people who openly wear BLM shirts. Many of them are. Okay, and Antifa is a real group. And so they've been doing this for months on end. Okay, so over the weekend, a group called Patriot Prayer, which is a right-wing group. They're not white nationalists. Okay, the media calling these folks white nationalists, that is not accurate. Now, does this mean this is smart to drive through the center of Portland with the American flags and the Blue Lives Matter flags and all of that? First of all, it's a free country. You should be allowed to drive into civilian areas without having to worry about this. So there's only one person who's responsible for this, and that's Mayor Ted Wheeler. Okay, the mayor of Portland is a garbage heap. He is a dung heap of a mayor. He's a terrible, terrible mayor. I used to say Bill de Blasio was the worst mayor in America. He does not hold a candle to Ted Wheeler. I mean, this is incredible. If you watch your city on fire for three months and you actively incentivize this. And by the way, Antifa has had a low level 
has had low-level run of the place for years on end. I mean, Andy No, the reporter who spends an enormous time, an amount of time covering Antifa in Portland, has videos going back like to 2017 of Antifa literally stopping people on street corners and directing traffic and stuff. It's crazy. So Mayor Ted Wheeler, the garbage mayor, he doesn't allow the feds to come in. He tells them to get out, in fact. He specifically tells the Portland cops not to clear the streets. And so when the Patriot Prayer guys show up in their trucks, there are no cops to stop any of it. And this leads to confrontations. Now, does that mean that it is smart to initiate confrontations on the streets? It is not smart to, to if, even if Antifa is running the streets, it is the job of the local authorities to clear them. It is not a good idea to, to initiate, uh, well, I, I won't say initiate because the people who initiated it are the people who took over the streets. It, it is not a good idea to put yourself in a situation where violence is likely to occur. But Patriot Prayer is not, in fact, a white nationalist group. The founder of the group has explicitly denounced white nationalism on multiple occasions and white supremacism on multiple occasions. He has called them all sorts of names, which is perfectly appropriate. Okay, the media have covered this as it was white nationalists coming to Portland. That is not what the evidence demonstrates. Okay, so we'll show you the video and then we'll tell you what happened in just one second. First, let us talk about something good that you can do. Something actually nice and good that you can do for your community. Something you can do for people in need. If you got a car that's taking up space sitting in your driveway that you don't use, that you're paying insurance on, I have one question for you. Why? Get rid of it. Donate it to Cars for Kids. Many of you have heard their jingle. Get ready for it. Get ready for it. I'm going to stick it in your head. It's going to be here the rest of the day until you donate that used car or truck to Cars for Kids. Ready? One eight seven seven cars for kids K-A-R-S, cars for kids. Okay, now it's stuck in your head until you literally do what you're supposed to do and take that used car or truck that you're not using anymore. It's just sitting in your driveway and you donate it to Cars for Kids. Cars for Kids makes the process of donating your car quick and easy. It takes just about two minutes. They handle all the details, all the paperwork. All you need to do is schedule a pickup and sign the title. Your car donation is fast and free. It is usually picked up within 24 hours and often even the same day. And Cars for Kids will take your car even if it's not running. Donating your car is tax deductible. Your tax deduction is based on the sale price of your car. Cars for Kids works hard to sell your car for the best price, which means more funds for their charity and a bigger tax deduction for you. So everybody wins. As a special thank you for donating your car, Cars for Kids gives you a vacation voucher good for a three-day, two-night hotel stay as well. So this is pretty awesome. With Cars for Kids, you get that professional service, convenient pickup, maximum tax deduction, a vacation voucher, and a good deed. Donate today at carsforkids.org slash Ben. Remember, that's cars with a K. K-A-R-S. Cars for kids. And that's right, it'll be stuck in your head forever until you do it now. They'll give you a donation experience you deserve. Carsforkids.org slash Ben. Carsforkids.org slash Ben. That's cars with a K for the number four kids.org slash Ben. Okay, so here's what happens over the weekend. Patriot Prayer shows up in Portland. They're driving their trucks. They've got the Trump flags. And Antifa, because they own the streets and because the cops have been told to stand down, confrontation occurs. So the Patriot Prayer Guards uh, aren't shooting the members of Antifa who are trying to literally block traffic. Instead, they are macing them. So here's what the uh, here's what some of the video looked like over the weekend. You can see they are firing mace from the windows to try and force the streets open. People getting out of the way. Uh, they were also firing paintballs at some of the uh, at some of the uh, Antifa members. Hey, is any of this good? Of course, none of this is good. Where the hell are the cops? Where the hell are the feds? And the answer is Mayor Ted Wheeler is a garbage mayor. It is his job to make sure that when you leave, I said it last week, this stuff is predictable. When you leave the legitimate government monopoly on the use of force at the back door, then there will be something that fills the gap. And typically it tends to be tribal violence. Okay, that is what you are seeing in the streets. Okay, then a pro-Trump supporter was murdered, literally just murdered on the street. Okay, so here is the video. It's troubling, obviously. Uh, you can't see it particularly well. But that is your warning. So you, you will see a man in the background walk up 
to a walk up to another man and literally just shoot him point blank. And what you can what you seem to be able to hear in the background is we got a Trumper here. Right? We have a Trump supporter, so that means it's time to murder him, apparently. Here's what that sounded like. So he just shoots the man, the man's dead. He just shot a man to death right there on the street, this Antifa member. And now we have uh, we have some knowledge of who this guy is because he is indeed an Antifa member. He is not a white supremacist who committed this murder. Okay, according to the New York Post, an ex-military man who calls himself 100% Antifa, 100% Antifa, and ready for war, is being investigated over the deadly shooting of a President Trump supporter in Portland, according to a report. His name is Michael Forrest Reinal, 48, He's being investigated over the death of Aaron Danielson, a supporter of the right-wing Patriot Prayer Group, who was part of a caravan of Trump supporters who flooded the city Saturday, police sources told The Oregonian. He was identified in part by a distinctive tattoo on his neck of a black power fist. Hmm. Seems he had some politics, as well as a call from his estranged sister who recognized him in video and photos of the deadly attack. The 36-year-old sister was first alerted after a threatening call that woke her up at 8 a.m. on Sunday, warning our whole family was in danger unless we turned him over. We reached out to police, confirmed we recognized Michael in the screenshots from the shooting, she told the paper. Apparently, he's estranged from most of the family, including his parents, after stealing from them. Uh, and then she decried the shooting as uh, not, part, not the solution to the country's problems. He regularly posts about Black Lives Matter and protests on his social media. He says, I'm 100% Antifa all the way. I'm willing to fight for my brothers and sisters, insisting he would not run from the violence. Now, here's the thing. He was cited at a July 5th protest on allegations of possessing a loaded gun in a public place, resisting arrest and interfering with police. He was then given a date to appear in court later that month. But the allegations were dropped on July 30th with a no complaints, according to court records. No reason was given. The Multnomah County District Attorney's Office said it was reviewing the case. This is literally a case of a person who committed a criminal act but was on the right side of the leftist narrative being released without any charges because the city of Portland decides not to prosecute anymore people who engage in crime at these protests so long as they have the right perspective. And then he went out and he murdered somebody. He had a slew of other charges as well. He was also previously charged with having a loaded Glock pistol for which he didn't have a license and uh, was stopped with his 11-year-old daughter as a passenger in his car. The Portland Police Bureau did not immediately respond to requests for comment. This is all according to the New York Post. Okay, the response from members of the crowd when they found out that this happened were twofold. One, misinformation immediately went around that a Trump supporter had shot a black man because this is, uh, this is what happens now. Right? Any story is immediately filled in by the internet with black man, innocent black man shot, right? This just happened in Minneapolis when a, a black murder suspect literally killed himself, I mean, committed suicide, and rioting happened anyway. So the false story led to rioters targeting a gas station. Uh, so there was video of that that was emerging over the weekend, these rioters targeting a gas station in Portland, you can see. Because that makes perfect sense. It's the gas station's fault. That gas station is systemically racist, obviously. So there are the rioters targeting the gas station. Always a, always a good look. Gathering at the, uh, at the petrol station, preparing for something or other. Okay, and then... There is a BLM activist who literally told a group of people in Portland, I am not sorry, this is a direct quote, I'm not sorry an effing fascist died tonight. Now, is there any evidence this guy was a fascist, the, the victim in this case? Nope. 
We have no idea whether he was, there is no evidence. There's no evidence he was a white nationalist or a white supremacist. In fact, the only thing that we know about him is that you can see his prone body lying on the ground and he's wearing some blue, blue lives matter gear, right? Pro police gear. But that means he's a fascist now. So here is a BLM activist. Don't worry though. This is not political, right? I mean, this is white supremacist. Well, well, as we will see, everyone bears equal responsibility according to the media. Here we go. Well, I mean, there's no evidence the person's a fascist, but if you oppose the revolution, you're a fascist. That's the way communists speak. And then that, that is, if you're, if you're not a Bolshevik, you're a Menshevik, right? That's, that's the way this works. And in just a second, we're going to get to more of this and the insane media spin that is coming out of this because this sort of violence is now occurring across the nation. And, and these sorts of encouragements are coming very clearly from one particular side of the aisle, an extremist. And as we'll see, the media are, are taking the narrative that it's, it's on all sides, on many sides, on many sides. Remember, on many sides was bad until five seconds ago. Now on many sides is very good. But that is a very strong statement against violence, if you say on many sides. We'll get to more of this in just one second first. Right now, you might think, hey, maybe I need a gun to protect myself. I wonder why you would think such a thing. <laughs> that maybe as the local police are removed from my neighborhood and as people threaten to go into suburbs and raid property and harm people, maybe you might think about like, it might be a good thing to have a gun, but it's not enough to have a firearm. You have to know how to use it. Not only do you have to know how to use it, you have to know when you have legal protection for it and not. And this is why you need to join up with the U.S. Concealed Carry Association. You need the proper education, industry-leading training to ensure your skills are sharp when faced with danger, and you need the nation's best legal protection should you find yourself, God forbid, lost in the aftermath of a self-defense incident. You need the USCCA. Get started today by texting GUN to 87222. You'll receive the complete Concealed Carry and Family Defense Guide for free. We've been, doing, we've been talking about USCCA for literally years on this program. It's just it seems a little more relevant these days. In this guide, you'll learn how to detect attackers before they see you, how to survive a mass shooting, seven firearm drills that could save your life, and much, much more. It's 164 pages. Comes the bonus, bonus audio version so you can listen whenever you want. Again, it's not enough just to own a firearm. You have to know when you can legally use a firearm, how to legally use a firearm, so that you can be a responsible citizen with a firearm. In addition, if you text today, you'll be entered to win 1000 bucks to put toward a gun of your choice that you can use to protect your family and your rights. Text GUN, G-U-N, to 87222 right now. Again, text GUN to 87222 right now. The USCCA wants to make sure that you are able to fully perform your self-defense rights. Again, self-defense. I know that the left tends to think all self-defense is evil. No, self-defense is an inherent right. It pre-exists government. The USCCA is trying to effectuate it and make sure that you follow all legal procedures in doing so. Text GUN to 87222 right now and join up with the USCCA. Okay, so why was any of this happening in Portland in the first place? The reason this is happening in Portland in the first place is specifically because the mayor of Portland, Ted Wheeler, is a garbage heap. And he's a garbage heap. I'm going to get to Ted Wheeler in just a second. First, I just need to show you what's been happening all over the nation. So in Washington, D.C., overnight, a BLM activist literally told people on the streets that he's ready to put cops in their graves. So that's always a good look. Here's what that sounded like. I'm at the point where I'm ready to put these police in the fucking grave. I'm at the point where I want to burn the fucking White House down. I want to take it to the senators. I want to take it to the Congress. I want to take the fight to them. And at the end of the day, if they ain't going to hear us, we burn them the fuck down. 
If they're not going to hear us, we burn them the F down. Really well, well done stuff here, guys. But, but, but again, that guy seems like a white nationalist to me. And Kenosha. Remember we were told that Kenosha was no big deal? As you will see, the media tried to downplay Kenosha. It was, it was mostly peaceful. Mostly peaceful. Fiery, but mostly peaceful. Here are just some pictures from the aftermath of Kenosha. You can see entire city blocks reduced to rubble. Again, this is a suburb of about 100,000 people. It is not a major city. You can see stores burned out. That good taste ice cream shop, obviously a source of systemic racism. That uh, there, there's a building completely, completely destroyed. You can see entire city blocks basically razed. Don't worry though, riding and looting are okay, as we'll see. Right there's the uh, the famous the famous car dealership that was burned to the ground. Next door there was a church that was partially burned. Re- you got the revolution signs on the boarded up on the boarded up windows. Don't worry. No matter how hard you board your windows, no matter how many BLM slogans you put on there, it ain't going to protect you. This is, uh, yeah, again, these pictures are, it's pretty obvious what's going on here, right? Okay, so what exactly is the political response to all of this? Because this would be a good time for all of the political class to, in unison, denounce Antifa, the BLM rioters and looters by name. They won't do it because the Democrats are afraid of splitting their coalition. So instead, they've decided on an alternative narrative. The alternative narrative is this is all Trump's fault. But if it weren't for Trump, none of this would happen. Now, I'm old enough to remember when there were riots in Ferguson and Baltimore. I'm old enough to remember when there were riots in Milwaukee. The president at that time was a man named Barack Obama. He was the first black president of the United States, you may recall. Didn't stop the riots in Ferguson or Baltimore or in Milwaukee. It is only that the narrative has been exacerbated under President Trump because the left have decided that they wish to grant more room for people to riot and loot. That is what is happening. So Mayor Ted Wheeler, the garbage mayor of Portland, is a perfect case in point of this. So Ted Wheeler... He sent a letter rejecting federal help. He sent that letter on August 28th. Today is the 31st, so that means that he sent the letter on Friday. Here is the letter from Mayor Ted Wheeler. Remember, this is before a weekend where a man was murdered on the streets of Portland by an Antifa member, allegedly. Quote, Dear President Trump, yet again, you said you offered to aid Portland by sending in federal law enforcement to our city. On behalf of the city of Portland, no thanks. We don't need your politics of division and demagoguery. Portlanders are on to you. We have already seen your reckless disregard for human life in your bumbling response to the COVID pandemic. And we know you've reached the conclusion that images of violence or vandalism are your only ticket to re-election. There's no place for looting, arson, or vandalism in our city. There's no room here for racist violence or those who wish to bring their ideology of hate into our community. Those who commit criminal acts will be apprehended and prosecuted under the law. Now, let me pause that for just a second. There have been running riots in the city of Portland for three full months, every single night, every night. And what he's saying is, I don't want any Trump supporters in my town because they're the bad guys, right? There's no room here for racist violence. Okay, so apparently it's not racist violence if you're just shot for being a Trump supporter. I I love that he says, those who commit criminal acts will be apprehended and prosecuted under law. Weird, because there was a suspect. You may recall him. He was was arrested, actually. Apparently, at like a June 5th protest, carrying a gun they didn't have a license for. You remember this? And, And then you released him and he murdered somebody. Hmm. Hmm. So it seems like Mayor Ted Wheeler actually um, is not very good at his job. Or he's very good at his job. His job is just not what everybody thinks his job is, which is to keep the citizens safe. So tens of thousands of Portlanders have peacefully protested and marched for the noble cause of fixing our broken criminal justice system. They are part of the proud progressive tradition of Portlanders fighting for justice, from racial justice to economic justice to environmental justice. When you sent the feds to Portland last month, you made the situation far worse. Really, was it worse when when the feds were there? Or was it basically the same except the feds were there? Your offer to repeat that disaster is a cynical attempt to stoke fear and distract us from the real work of our city. 
In Portland, we are focused on coming together as a community to solve the serious challenges we face due to systemic racism, a global pandemic, and an economic recession. Notice among the list of problems they face in Portland, not the burning of the center of the city or the complete takeover of major thoroughfares by Antifa or the ongoing violence each and every night. The only problem here is Trump. And the media, by this bullcrap, hook, line, and sinker, I mean, it really is incredible. So Ted Wheeler then did a press conference. And he said, Trump has to stay the hell out of the way. Trump's not going to help. He needs to stay the hell out of the way. Weird, because um, Trump has mainly stayed the hell out of the way, and your city's been on fire for three months, you stupid jackass. Here's Mayor Ted Wheeler, the worst governor, the, the worst mayor in America. And now he's, he's surpassed Bill de Blasio. It takes a lot to surpass Bill de Blasio, the groundhog murderer. He has an opportunity to uplift us and bring us together and help us move through this difficult situation in our nation's history. And instead, he chooses to play petty politics and divide us. That's my reaction. So I'm going to do the work that I need to do here in my local community with my local officials to take accountability for what's happening on our streets. And I'd appreciate that either the president support us or he stay the hell out of the way. This is epic levels of gaslighting, epic levels of gaslighting. This guy completely abandoned his city to Antifa, and it's Trump's fault at the federal level. When Trump's like, hey, would you like some troops? He's like, no, that's stoking hatred and division. We can't have that. Then he went on, he said, it's Trump creating the hatred and division. Oh, Trump. Yeah, it's all, it's all about Trump. By the way, if you buy this, you are a rube. Okay, if you buy the idea that all evil starts and ends with Trump, you are a rube. If you believe that riots in, a major, in America's major cities led by outside Antifa agitators and yes, BLM rioters and looters, that that violence is a product of President Trump's cruelty and malice and malicious evil, you're a rube and they are treating you as a sucker. Okay, but they are treating you as a sucker. Here's Mayor Ted Wheeler treating you as a sucker. It's you who have created the hate and the division. It's you who have not found a way to say the names of black people killed by police officers, even as people in law enforcement have. And it's you who claimed that white supremacists are good people. Your campaign of fear is as anti-democratic as anything you've done to create hate and vitriol in our beautiful country. You've tried to divide us more than any other figure in modern history. And now you want me to stop the violence that you helped create. Trump didn't create the violence in Portland. Are you insane? Portland is entirely blue, entirely. If you can find, I mean, Portland is like the scene from the Bible where Abraham says to God, you know, can we find 10 good people in Sodom and Gomorrah? And God's like, well, actually, no. Can you find 10 Republicans in the city of Portland? Doesn't mean it's not a full equation. It's not like the only good people are Republicans, okay? The point is there's not 10 Republicans in the city of Portland. The hell are you talking about? The hell are you talking about? And then Wheeler says, I'll bring us back together. Really, how's that going for you, Mayor? The bringing of the people back together. This is the people who elected this guy. You know, I, I've been quoting H.L. Mencken more and more frequently these days, the famous columnist from the early 20th century. Uh, and uh, as my favorite H.L. Mencken quote, the American people get what they deserve, good and hard. And uh, in Portland, you're getting what you deserve, good and hard. I mean, you, you voted for this. This is what you get. Now the work that we have to do in our communities across this nation in the wake of the murder of George Floyd. I'm up to that challenge. And I hope the president is too. 
And I'm ready to reach across any aisles I need to reach across, any political divides that I need to cross in order to bring us back together. Somebody's got to do it. I'm committed to it. I know my colleagues on the Portland City are committed to it. I'd like to hear the President of the United States say he's all in. Let's bring this great nation back together. How gullible do you have to be to believe this? How gullible? Trump was like, I'll give you feds. He's like, I'm willing to work across the aisle, except for you, Mr. President. You're a piece of crap and I'm not going to work with you. And I'm let the city burning, let somebody get shot to death in the city over the weekend. Okay, so Trump's response, all points to Trump here. Somebody tweeted out, Ted Wheeler is the useless effing idiot in comic relief that everyone that gets everyone killed in every disaster movie. And Trump tweeted out, tone down the language, but true. Okay, normally, as you know, I'm not big on the inflammatory Trump tweets. (laughs) Correct. Correct. Okay, we're going to get to more of this in just a second, because here's what's really happening. What's really happening is the media and the Democrats were willing to allow this crap to go on for months on end because they backed the underlying agenda, which is that the American system is systemically racist and systemically classist and evil. And all of these substructures of American society must be torn down. This is a revolution, not an evolution. You don't work inside the system. You have to work outside the system. This is the Ibram Kendi, Robin D'Angelo tear down the entire system nonsense on the basis of race. This is the Bernie Sanders tear down the entire system on the basis of class stuff. All of this has been bubbling under the surface for quite a while. And Democrats were allow, were willing to allow a few, a, a little bit of it to spring into action with, with these riots. And they're willing to allow it to happen and pretend that it wasn't happening until the point at which the polls turned. And then the polls turned, and now they're struggling for a new narrative because they're still not willing to condemn it. So instead, what they do is they soft condemn all violence all over the world. You know what's really bad? What's bad? Sure, it's like bad that there's left and right-wing violence. It's bad that there's some bad stuff happening in the cities, but also that there's bad stuff happening in Cambodia. There's bad stuff happening everywhere, guys. So this is the new Democrat. And it's all Trump's fault. All of it's Trump's fault. This is the new Democratic line. It ain't going to work. We'll get to more of this in just one second because the Democrats are beginning to realize this is backfiring on them big time. And now they're struggling and they should be struggling because they are the ones who decided to feed the alligator and the alligator will eat them last. And we're going to get to that in one second. First, let's talk about the fact that you're thinking to yourself right now, well, everything seems like it is uh, insane. Can I even still get life insurance? I mean, we got like a COVID pandemic on. We got riots in major cities. Like, is now a good time to get life insurance? The answer, yes. Now is an excellent time to get life insurance. If you want to make sure your family is taken care of and be a responsible human being, then make sure you get life insurance and do it the most responsible way by getting the best policy for the best price using Policy Genius. Right now, you could save 1500 bucks or more a year using Policy Genius to compare life insurance policies. When you're shopping for a policy that could last for a decade or more, those savings really do start to add up. So what exactly is Policy Genius? Well, I'm glad you asked. Step one, you head to policygenius.com. In minutes, you can work out how much coverage you need and compare quotes from top insurers to find your best price. Step two, you apply for that lowest price. And step three, Policy Genius does the rest of it, like all of it. They have great service. They have policies that even allow eligible customers to skip the in-person medical exam and do it over the phone, which is really valuable these days. Now, we here at Daily Wire have been using Policy Genius. My friend Jeremy Boring bought a life insurance policy through Policy Genius. He checked out all the competitors. Policy Genius was indeed the best. They gave him the best price. They gave him the most competitive advantage. If you need life insurance, head on over to policygenius.com right now to get started. You could save 1500 bucks or more a year by comparing quotes on their marketplace. Policy Genius, when it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. You're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. Okay, so Joe Biden knows that he is in a bind. And the reason Joe Biden is in a bind is because he and the rest of the Democrats basically let this stuff go for months or patted it on the head, like directly patted it on the head. Now, remember, Democrats pretended this stuff was not happening. Remember, Jerry Nadler, 
Less than a month, like a month ago, a little bit over a month ago, this is July 27th, Jerry Nadler, the Democratic congressperson from New York, literally said that Antifa violence in Portland was a myth. It does not exist. This happened about a month ago. Here was Jerry Nadler. You disavow the violence from Antifa? That's happening in Portland right now? That's, that, that's, that, that's a myth that's being spread only in Washington, D.C. About Antifa in Portland? Yes. Sir, sure, there's, there's videos everywhere online. There's fires and riots. There's th- they're throwing fireworks at uh, federal officers. DHS is there. Look online. It gets crazy. Nadler's just toppling over to the car and getting in. And catch you later. Catch you later, gang. You know, I mean, and, and it's not just a month ago. It's like now. Okay, so Joy Reid, who, again, it's amazing. She ends up with a show on MSNBC. MSNBC is willing to cancel anybody except people who may very well. I mean, Al Sharpton still has a show on MSNBC, right? Joy Reid, a person who has a bunch of old tweets that were real bad, but apparently somebody went back in time and hacked her account. She tweeted out over the weekend, over this weekend. Let me repeat this for those inventing the idea of Black Lives Matter riots. Hey, let me just stop there for one second. Literally, Hannah, Nicole Hannah-Jones, the de facto editor of the New York Times and 1619 Project Lady, she literally tweeted out that she was happy that people were calling them the 1619 riots. But according to, go back to, to go back for a second to Joy Reid. According to Joy Reid, she said, it's an invented idea. There are no Black Lives Matter riots. She says, BLM doesn't riot. They march against police violence. Note that those caught setting fires, assaulting and shooting people are consistently of the right, not the left. Okay, um... What? Huh? Um, what? I was here in LA when they shut down the entire damned city every night at 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. Thanks to BLM rioting. That was rioting and looting. What in the, what is she talking about? It's not happening. It's all in your imagination. Poof. Okay, so they have a couple of narratives here. One, BLM doesn't riot. Two, Antifa doesn't exist. Three, if they do exist, it's Donald Trump's fault. Four, the real violent offenders here are the white nationalists. Okay, this is crazy towns. Crazy. They think you're a moron. That's what they think. There's no other way to explain this garbage. They think you are completely stupid. They think you're a vegetable. That's what they think. Chris Chaliza, ratio bane, as we tend to call him on Twitter, because he's constantly getting ratioed. He's incredible at it. Chris Chaliza from CNN tweeted this out. He tweeted, Trump's efforts to label what is happening in major cities as riots speaks at least somewhat to his desperation, politically speaking, at the moment. Now, all credit to the CNN editor who apparently also hates Chris Chaliza and wanted to troll the living hell out of him because the picture is of people standing in front of a burning building. (laughs) There are no riots. It's just Trump keeps labeling them riots. But really, it's just peaceful protests at which a bunch of stuff gets burned and people lose their life savings and in which some 30 people have died. I mean, sure. uh, Other than that, there are no riots at all. Poof. Poof. Okay, and then these same media Remember, uh, never forget that these same media, members of the Democratic Party, forwarded this stuff. They did. Okay. The Washington Post, less than a month ago, in the second week of August, published a glowing photo essay featuring Antifa protesters in Portland. Okay. They literally published pictures of how Antifa looters and rioters and criminals dress. The piece, this is the Federalist reporting, authored by post-protest reporter Marissa Lang, prominently highlights testimony from several Portland activists sharing their one-sided experiences painting police as violent agents of an oppressive state with no mention of the word riot. According to Lang, protesters merely directed their anger at the federal courthouse. But here's the thing. Everybody looked great. The post-photo essay attempted to capture glory of the self-righteous organizers terrorizing the city by weaving in professional photos of the story subjects donning their riot gear as if it were a Maxim photo shoot. It was really, really nice. They showed 
all the kind of gear that they got together and how they got dressed up. The media soft-pedaled Antifa for a long time here. Like, for a really long time. How much did they soft-pedal Antifa? Kamala Harris literally tweeted out, in the middle of the riots in Minneapolis, Kamala Harris tweeted out a website so you could donate to free people who were, who were arrested for rioting and looting. This is June 1st, quote, Kamala Harris, the now vice presidential candidate, quote, if you're able to, chip in now to the Minnesota Freedom Fund to help post bail for those protesting on the ground in Minnesota. So she wanted to bail out rioters and looters. Okay, so don't fall for this nonsense. By the way, 13 members of Biden's staff directly contributed to this as well. And this was reported at the time, May 30th, Reuters, Campaign staff for Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden are advertising their donations to a group that pays bail fees in Minneapolis after the city's police jailed people protesting the killing of a black man by a white police officer. No, they jailed people who were rioting and looting. At least 13 Biden campaign staff members posted on Twitter on Friday and Saturday that they made donations to the Minnesota Freedom Fund, which opposes the practice of cash bail. The group uses donations to pay bail fees in Minneapolis. Biden campaign spokesman Andrew Bates said in a statement to Reuters, the former VP opposes cash bail as, quote, a modern day debtor's prison. But the campaign declined to answer questions on whether the donations were coordinated within the campaign. Bates instead pointed to Biden's comments that protesters have the right to be angry, but that more violence won't solve justice problems. Ah, there's that soft Joe Biden. There, there's that unity that we've been looking for. OK, so. The, and again, the, the media have been pushing this stuff nonstop. Nicole Hannah-Jones, who I mentioned earlier, the, the de facto editor of The New York Times, she tweeted this out over the weekend. Quote, so, one, you don't get to tell people how they should respond to their own oppression. Um, okay, so there, there are a few assumptions baked into that cake, which is that if you're rioting and looting, you're responding to oppression rather than being a terrible human being. And that, that's, that's the part of this tweet that's truly offensive. And she said, two, please, please help me understand how black people who protest peacefully are supposed to control and take responsibility for the tiny fringe of people who decide to loot and burn things. OK, weird, because um, Nicole Hannah-Jones literally blames entire police departments and, by the way, right wing protests for anything bad that happens involving those groups. So, yes, Nicole Hannah-Jones, the wisest and greatest among us. So they've been soft peddling this stuff for a long time. And this is the new narrative. So the narrative is that it's anybody's fault but Antifa. It's anybody's fault but BLM. Adam Schiff leads the way. So Adam Schiff who, again, I guess he still has that bereft pup tent outside the CNN headquarters, right? He's on CNN more than Dana Bash, and Dana Bash is a network anchor. So Adam Schiff, the, the ridiculous, stupid congressperson from Los Angeles, I believe he may be my congressperson, actually, uh, who, who, specifically, who specifically suggested for several years that there was forthcoming evidence that Trump was a Russian cat's paw. Now he is saying that actually, maybe it's the Russians behind this. Maybe it's the Russians, guys. You can't be anti for BLM, after all. It's Trump's fault, and it's the Russians' fault. Why, it's almost as though he has a preset narrative. Here's Adam Schiff. The Russians four years ago, Dana, exploited Black Lives Matter. They set up their own false flags online uh, to try to divide people along racial lines. Are they doing uh, and it now? We have to, uh, uh, they are, once again, uh, doing their best uh, in social media, in their overt media and other means to grow these divisions again. The president is willfully fanning the flames of this violence. He will stoke it through his social media where he can because he believes the violence helps him. This is the greatest form of gaslighting I've ever seen. He's offered federal troops to every major American city to quell the violence, and the Democrats are out there like, oh, it's the Russians and Trump. It's unbelievable. Again, if you fall for this, you're a moron. If you fall for this, you're a stupid human being. You have less than three brain cells to rub together if you fall for this. This is extortion by the Democrats, pure and simple, and then gaslighting following the extortion. 
If Biden gets elected, it'll all go away. But also, it's not our fault. We have no control. It's, it's Trump's fault. And also, the group's doing it mostly white nationalists. The reason I point this out is, Joe. I mean, this is such pathetic stuff. So Joe Biden has now put out a couple of statements on this. And Joe Biden has put out a couple of statements when it came to this particular thing. He suggested that, number one, he conflates the, the protesters and the rioters and looters, which is typical Democratic doublespeak. Right? He says that Trump wanted to sick feds on protesters. Right? So he's just denying that the people who are actually doing this sort of stuff are, are rioters and looters. Here was Biden over the weekend. By standing and recommending that you should be deployed to, quote, dominate your fellow citizens for exercising their rights to peacefully protest and threatening if governors didn't do something, the president would. No, he was specifically talking about rioters and looters. So Biden's a damn liar on this. Okay, so Biden has now released, we have a couple of statements from Joe Biden. Quote, now remember, the bad guy was Donald Trump in Charlottesville because he said many sides, many sides. Here is the statement from Joe Biden. Quote, the deadly violence we saw overnight in Portland is unacceptable. Shooting in the streets of a great American city is unacceptable. I condemn this violence unequivocally. I condemn violence of every kind by anyone, whether on the left or the right. And I challenge Donald Trump to do the same. It does not matter if you find the political views of your opponents abhorrent. Any loss of life is a tragedy. But today, there is another family grieving in America, and Jill and I offer our deepest condolences. We must not become a country at war with ourselves, a country that accepts the killing of fellow Americans who do not agree with you, a country that vows vengeance toward one another. But that is the America that Donald Trump wants us to be, the America he believes we are. So it's Trump's fault. You'll notice, is there a mention of uh, Antifa? No. Is there a mention there of Black Lives Matter? No. He continues, as a country, we must condemn the incitement of hate and resentment that led to this deadly clash. It is not a peaceful protest when you go out spoiling for a fight. Oh, how interesting. It's not a peaceful protest when you go out spoiling for a fight. Says, we showed video on this, um, on this very show today of a Black Lives Matter activist literally calling for the murder of police officers and the burning down of the White House. Is that a peaceful protest, Joe Biden? I, I don't hear you saying anything about it. Seems like you're being kind of deliberately vague here. What does President Trump think will happen when he continues to insist on fanning the flames of hatred and division in our society and using the politics of fear to whip up his supporters? What? The reason people are fearful is because the cities are on damned fire. And they're on fire because Democrats have done nothing. These are all Democratic cities, every single one of them. Joe Biden's vague, mush-mouthed statements that he can barely get out of his face about how he doesn't like violence on any side, on many sides, on many sides. If on many sides was bad for Donald Trump, it ain't any better for Joe Biden. A ridiculous hypocrite. He says he may think that war in our streets, again, he's blaming Trump, right? There's not a mention of Antifa, not a mention of BLM, the sources of this. Not one mention. But Donald Trump comes up several times in this statement. He may think that war in our streets is good for his re-election chances, but that is not presidential leadership or even basic human compassion. Again, he has offered federal forces to every one of these mayors who have all turned him down. Where is Joe Biden on this? The answer is nowhere. He says the job of a president is to lower the temperature, to bring people who disagree with one another together, to make life better for all Americans. The temperature in the country is too high because of Donald Trump. He says that was one of Biden's statements. Then there's another one of Joe Biden's statements. Okay, so this one is even worse. So Joe Biden won't go to Kenosha. The reason he won't go to Kenosha is because he understands what that would look like. Right. So th this is the big story over the weekend is that Joe Biden, in fact, will not go to Kenosha, Wisconsin. Instead, he's heading over to Pennsylvania. So according to Politico, Joe Biden will travel to western Pennsylvania on Monday to give remarks focused on how President Donald Trump has made America less safe, foregoing the chance to deliver that message in Wisconsin, where the president is planning a Tuesday visit. Biden faced mounting pressure to visit the battleground state amid violence after a police shooting in Kenosha. His decision to instead speak from Pennsylvania is designed to put some space between the violence and the former VP, as he continues to argue that unrest is an outgrowth of the president's rhetoric that inflames racial tension. 
Biden's speech Monday will focus on how Trump continues to fan the flames of division and encourage chaos. And so the real reason he's not going to Kenosha, Biden, is because he's a coward. Is because Joe Biden would show up in Kenosha, there'd be a backdrop of a burned city, and he'd be forced to argue that somehow this was Trump's fault in an area where the rioters are all BLM and Antifa. He'd have to argue that somehow this was Trump. That's not a good look when the area behind you has been burned out by people who back Joe Biden. Every one of those people is a Joe Biden voter. The people who are burning down buildings, the people who are rioting and looting are Joe Biden voters. So Biden knew that, which is why he's not showing up in Kenosha. So naturally, he has to have the Democrats play cleanup for him in Wisconsin, which means that the governor of Wisconsin, Tony Evers, sent a letter to President Trump asking him to not go to Kenosha. So let me get this straight. It's Trump's fault because he won't calm tensions. Also, we don't want your federal troops. Also, don't come to Kenosha. Seriously, this is their, this is their case. It's Trump's fault that all this is happening, despite the fact he offered 500 additional National Guardsmen before Kenosha went completely crazy and the shootings occurred, despite the fact that he routinely offers troops to Portland, nothing. But if Trump shows up, it's bad. And if Trump tries to send troops, that's bad. Trump is the bad man, right? Obviously, obviously it's Trump's fault. Tony Evers, this ridiculous, stupid governor of Wisconsin who's responsible for this stuff. Again, he's the governor of a state. You have one job, protect the life, liberty, and property of your citizens. That's it. That is your sole job. And he's not doing it. Tony Evers sent this letter to President Trump because, again, it's all about Trump for Democrats. It is not about protecting the, protecting the citizenry. It is not about protecting the citizenry. Here's the letter Tony Evers sent to Trump because Trump said he's going to come speak in Kenosha. Dear President Trump, I understand yesterday you indicated you would be visiting Kenosha. And according to pool reports last night, you intend to visit Kenosha this Tuesday. I write today to respectfully ask you to reconsider. These past few months, from managing a pandemic to facing entrenched racial disparities and inequities, our state, like so many others, has faced unimaginable challenges. But this past week has been particularly difficult. Kenosha and communities across Wisconsin are enduring extraordinary grief, grappling with a black man being shot seven times and the loss of two additional lives on Tuesday night at the hands of an out-of-state armed militant. Okay, well, you're, you're missing a few facts there, Tony Evers. You might be missing the fact that the man who was shot, the black man who was shot seven times, was actively resisting arrest. There was an open warrant for both domestic abuse and sexual assault that the police tried to subdue him. He refused to be subdued. They tased him twice. That failed. He walked around the other side of the car. He reached into the car, and on the floorboards of the driver's side was a knife. That's a little bit relevant. And the, at the, the shootings at the quote-unquote hands of an out-of-state armed militant Kyle Rittenberg, Kyle Rittenberg, whatever the guy's name is, Rittenhouse, Kyle Rittenhouse should not have been there. Okay, I've said that myself. He's not a trained person. He shouldn't have been there. The shootings are pretty obviously self-defense. He was being assaulted at the time. Somebody fired a shot before he even fired the first shot. And then somebody tried to beat the hell out of him. Another guy approached him with a pistol. Okay, so just skipping all the facts right here, because obviously the narrative is that the, the real violence is not what was happening in Kenosha before Kyle Rittenhouse even showed up. The real violence was apparently the cops and the out-of-state armed guy. When I visited Kenosha last week, what I saw was a community working to deal with the trauma and pain of these events and extreme loss. This again, the governor of Wisconsin. They are exhausted and heartbroken with the division that has ripped apart their community. But they are also working to rebuild together and support each other in the face of adversity. I, along with other community leaders who have reached out, are concerned about what your presence will mean for Kenosha and our state. I am concerned your presence will only hinder our healing. I am concerned your presence will only delay our work to overcome division and move forward together. Ah, yeah, it's Trump that's the problem in Kenosha. Got it. It is our job as elected le officials to lead by example and be a calming present. Now is not the time for divisiveness. Well, now would be the time for you to have called federal troops in weeks ago. Now is not the time for elected officials to ignore armed militias. 
and out-of-state instigators who want to contribute to our anguish. Ignore armed militants. Hmm, weird. Ignoring our militants. So I have some stats, by the way, on um, who was just arrested in Kenosha. Okay, here are the stats on who was arrested in Kenosha. 175 people arrested last week. 102 have home addresses outside Kenosha. Across 44 different cities, 69 arrested for violating curfew, 34 for curfew, plus other charges like burglary, drugs, and weapons, and over 20 firearms seized. So who's ignoring the outside agitators, actually? It seems like Governor Tony Evers. So, of course, it's Trump's fault. He says, I urge you to revisit your decision to visit Kenosha on Tuesday. Thanks for your time and for consideration of this request. Again, it's all Trump's fault. So Biden won't go to Kenosha because it would be humiliating for him. It would look ridiculous. And so now you got the governor saying Trump can't come to Kenosha because that would be embarrassing for Democrats, really, is what they're saying. And then Wisconsin lieutenant governor went on national TV, said the same thing. Trump shouldn't show up because really this is kind of Trump's fault, isn't it? You look at the incendiary remarks that the president has made, they centered an entire uh, convention around uh, creating more animosity and creating more division around what's going on in Kenosha. So I don't know how, given any of the previous statements that the president made, that he intends to come here to be helpful. And we absolutely don't need that right now. No, what we need is apparently a complete lack of law enforcement and you ripping on the cops daily. This is the same lieutenant governor who just days ago suggested no investigation is necessary in the Jacob Blake case to conclude that this is just another incident of a black man being unjustifiably shot. Yeah, well, that's that's more of what we need. That's clearly. okay. so all of this leads to what Joe Biden is actually going to say today. So he is speaking in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And here is his speech prepared for delivery. You ready for this? You ready? Remember, again, I'm going to keep coming back to it because it is worthy of note. The single, the, the single moment that supposedly initiated the Biden campaign was the evil of Donald Trump at Charlottesville for not labeling the alt-right and the white supremacists at the outs- from the outset as the bad guys, right? Many sides, many sides. Here is Joe Biden on the riots and the looting and the murder. Here is Joe Biden. You ready? This president long ago forfeited any moral leadership in this country. He can't stop the violence because for years he has fomented it. He may believe mouthing the words law and order makes him strong, but his failure to call on his own supporters to stop acting as an armed militia in this country shows you how weak he is. Oh, it's the militias. For months, we've been watching the cities burn, but it's the militias who are just arriving in the last five minutes who are the problem. Oh, wow, this is galaxy brain stuff. Does anyone believe there will be less violence in America if Donald Trump is reelected? You're saying the quiet part out loud now, Joe, which is that you're basically pledging that the violence won't end until Trump is out of office. He says, economic devastation, unwarranted police violence, emboldened white nationalists, a reckoning on race. Okay, look at, look at the gaslighting there. Look at the, look at the gaslighting there. Economic devastation. The economic devastation has been wrought largely by Democratic governors completely shutting down their states with no end in sight in the middle of the COVID pandemic. Unwarranted police violence. Okay, again, has he made the case that the police violence in Kenosha was unwarranted? No. Has he bothered? No. How about Rayshard Brooks in Atlanta? No. How about Breonna Taylor? Has he has he mentioned the illegality there? It may be a tragedy, but it was not illegal. Like it, it, the, the real problem, though, is unwarranted police violence. We've seen rioting. We, we have seen rioting for months on end in major cities. And we've got unwarranted police violence labels here. Emboldened white nationalists. Oh, that's because what we're watching in the cities is white nationalists, not Black Lives Matter rioters and looters and and agitators trying to beat up Rand Paul and shouting at people coming out of the White House. And what do we get? A reckoning on race. Ah, it's a reckoning, guys. Oh, what the, the real, the, these are, there's good. Again, remember, this isn't even on many sides on many sides. He's explicitly saying one side is good and one side is bad. And the people who are doing the rioting and looting are the good guys. And everybody else is just agitating them. That is the big problem here. That is incredible stuff from Joe Biden. 
And this is the guy calming the tensions. This is the guy calming the tensions. Not one member of the media, not one, will have the balls to ask Joe Biden to condemn by name Antifa or BLM rioters and looters. Not one. Instead, they'll just let him get away with this mealy mouth bullshit. They'll just let him get away with it. This mealy mouth nonsense where he just says things like, well, you know what this really is, is the white nationalist militias and it's really about Trump and it's really about like everybody on all sides. They'll let him get away with it because they agree with the agenda. How do I know they agree with the agenda? Because they started repeating it over the weekend. So Chuck Todd literally went on TV over the weekend and asked Mark Meadows, the chief of staff to President Trump, isn't this Donald Trump's America? So just to get this straight, just to get this straight, when Andrew Cuomo is being hailed as a hero, it's, a hero, it's Andrew Cuomo's New York. And when Mayor Ted Wheeler is turning down federal help, it's Mayor Ted Wheeler's heroism against Donald Trump. But when violence occurs in these cities, then it's Donald Trump's America. Here's Chuck Todd suggesting this is all Donald Trump's America. Weird, because these are all Democratic cities who hate Donald Trump. Here is Chuck Todd repeating the narrative. Repeat and believe, everyone. This is in Donald Trump's America. Um, how much responsibility should voters be giving the president for his inability um, to, to, to keep the streets safe? Is there parts of the country that the president doesn't govern? I mean, is the president only in charge of what of just where places where he has supporters? Does the president not believe he has responsibility of governing and leading the entire country? He's tried. He offered federal help. And then you called him a fascist. You and the media called him a fascist. You can't have it both ways. That's not how this works. You don't get to say Trump has to handle this. And then Trump says, OK, you want the troops? Here are the troops. You're like, no, nope, you we don't want the troops. You're a fascist. But it's your fault. Okay, and then it was Dana Bash too. Isn't Trump inflaming the tensions? He just keeps inflaming the tensions. He's inflaming the tensions. You in the media have repeated for months, there is no rioting. There is no looting. It's magically not occurring. It's all in your imagination. These are mostly peaceful protests. CNN ran a Chiron last week. Fiery, but mostly peaceful protests. Fiery, but mostly peaceful protests. Chris Chaliza, your idiot media analyst, put out a statement on Twitter yesterday saying that these are not riots and that Trump is making up the riots. But it's the Republicans emboldening these people? I have a question. Who in BLM is listening to Ron Johnson, the senator from Wisconsin? Who from BLM is like, well, you know, so now that Ron Johnson said something, I guess I'm going to go burn some stuff down. Like, what in the world? But the media are going to repeat this because, again, repeat and believe. I want to talk about what happened in Portland. We saw someone get killed overnight amid clashes there. And the president has been tweeting and retweeting before dawn this morning. He called for the mayor of Portland to resign and be arrested. He painted protesters as thugs and cities in chaos. You are the chairman, as I mentioned, of the Senate Homeland Security Committee. Are you comfortable with the president appearing to inflame tensions instead of what we normally see from presidents, which is trying to calm them down. Rioters and looters are thugs. They are. Now, there's a strain on the left that actually that, that actually touts this stuff, like openly touts it. Over the weekend, there's an article from NPR. It was called One Author's Argument in Defense of Looting. There's an actual book by a writer named Vicki Osterweil called In Defense of Looting. And Vicki Osterweil said, quote, when I use the word looting, I mean, this was NPR, right? You're publicly funded NPR. When I use the word looting, I mean the mass expropriation of property, mass shoplifting, shoplifting during a moment of upheaval or riot. That's the thing I'm defending. I'm not defending any situation in which property is stolen by force. That's literally property being stolen by force. If you break into a Walmart and steal stuff, that doesn't make it not robbery. It's not a home invasion either, says Vicki Osterweil. It's about a certain kind of action that's taken during protests and riots. 
Looting is a highly racialized word from its very inception. It's taken from the Hindi, loot, which means goods or spoils. So apparently even you say looting, now you're a racist. Rioting generally refers to any moment of mass unrest or upheaval. Riots are a space in which a mass of people has produced a situation in which the general laws that govern society no longer function. And people can act in different ways in the street and in public. I'd say that rioting is a broader category, says Vicky Ostrowell, interviewed by NPR over the weekend, in which looting appears as a tactic. Often, looting is more common among movements that are coming from below. It tends to be an attack on a business, a commercial space, maybe a government building, taking those things that otherwise would be commodified and controlled and sharing them for free. See, it's good. It's good. Now, you'll note something. The people who are constantly saying this stuff is good, making excuses for it, are either radicals, like the BLM organization, or they are upper-class white people who do not give a damn about the quality of life of people who are more impoverished than they are, largely minority, who are desperately aching for some level of law and order and protection of private property and life in their community. So Vicky Astro was asked that. Somebody asked during recent riots, a sentiment I heard was that looters in cities like Minneapolis were hurting their own cause by destroying small businesses in their own neighborhoods, stores owned by immigrants and people of color. What would you say to people who make that argument? People who made that argument from Minneapolis, says Vicky, Vicky Ostrowile, weren't suddenly celebrating the looters in Chicago who drove down to the richest part of Chicago, the Magnificent Mile, and attacked places like Tesla and Gucci because it's not really about that. It's a convenient way of positioning yourself as though you are sympathetic. But looters and rioters don't attack private homes. They don't attack community centers. In Minneapolis, there was a small independent bookstore that was untouched. All the blocks around it were basically looted or even leveled, burned down. And that store just remained untouched through weeks of rioting. You want to know why the bookstore didn't get burned down? Because nobody's stealing books. They're stealing TVs. If you're a looter, you're going to go right to the used bookstore? You're going to pick up a first edition of like a place in the sun? Like what, what, what are you talking about? To say you're attacking your own community is to say to rioters, you don't know what you're doing. But I disagree. I think people know. Amazing. Okay, so this has been going on on a, on a fairly, fairly low level and tut-tutted on a high level by the Democrats for literally years now being promoted on NPR openly. There's an article in 2014 at Time Magazine called In Defense of Violent Protests. There's an article in The Nation that, that came out, I believe, 2016, titled In Defense of Destroying Property. They, they don't care, okay? This has been actively fomented. And now the, the line, the corrective line is, well, it's all Trump's fault. Maybe it's the Russians. Maybe it's the white supremacists. No, the answer is you want to tut-tut and poo-poo the rioting and the looting in America's major cities because you agree with the cause. So if you agree with the cause, it's just a question of means, not a question of ends. And the last thing you want to do is alienate people who may vote for Joe Biden because they're members of BLM or sympathetic to Antifa. And that's repulsive and disgusting. And anybody who fails to call this out or fall for Joe Biden's garbage statements about how this is really about widespread American discontent, or it's about Trump, or it's really about white supremacists, it's because you, it's because you want to be a fool. It's because you want to be fooled. You either want to be fooled because you're a soft liberal who hates Trump and so you want Biden elected and so you're willing to overlook all of this stuff or because you're a hard leftist who actually sort of agrees with Antifa and BLM, and all evil can be wrapped up in a Trump flag. All righty, we'll be back here later today with two additional hours of content, including some COVID content we didn't get to because it's actually fairly important. Otherwise, we'll see you here tomorrow. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Moles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Colton Haas. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. 
Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Assistant director, Pava Wydowski. Our associate producer is Nick Sheehan. The show is edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Nika Geneva. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. We'll get to more on this in just one second first. Pure Talk believes in American values, and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 